Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. Huge show today. 2019 San Diego Comic Con has come and gone and now we get to run through and dissect an abundance of news. The first thing we need to discuss though before we get to all of that, Avengers Endgame. All yours, mate. It has finally broken the record for all-time highest grossing movie. Is, is that what it is? I was too eager. I'm like, hey, Jason, I've seen headlines. They've made it. And you're like, calm down, Luke. <laughs> They've not yeah. made it. They started announcing it sort of... Stop reading headlines. 500,000 read ago. Half a million ago. But it's done. It's officially passed it. And then some... Avatar is no longer the highest grossing Avengers Endgame. And what a time for it to happen. The weekend of San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, so much stuff. The day that happening. Marvel are announcing Phase 4. Incredible. It did, did Did they play with that at all? Or did it sort of happen after the fact? And I mean, Kevin Feige throughout the day was interviewed by what must have been all the news outlets. Mm. And little tidbits were getting out throughout the day. And they pretty much knew that by the end of the con... That have beat Avatar. Yeah, but just to put it into perspective, like Avatar, the fact that it's it's had a decade of being in the number one spot, against my feelings of the movie, like it is a testament to that movie and what it accomplished and what it achieved in its box office numbers, despite its re-release, all that. But it got to its record in two hundred and thirty-eight days. Avengers: Endgame surpassed it in eighty-eight days. And I was saying that if Endgame didn't do it, what would? That's it. Because there'd been nothing like Endgame before. Like, when we did our review, it felt more like a movie. It was an event. It was an event. And like, everybody was interested. moment. So if Endgame didn't dethrone Avatar, I think it would just stay. But it's, <laughs> it would have stayed at number one. It's something to think about at this point in time, to think the number one high... And never mind the adjusted for inflation stuff, because it's gone with the wind. We get it. But at this point in time, the highest dollars earned at the cinema for a movie is a comic book property. Like, that is the world we currently live in, and nerds rejoice. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, years ago, you know, we've got Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, we've got X-Men. Never thought we would Before be. that, we've got Tim Burton's Batman, and, you know, they made a splash at the time. Yep. And, I mean, everybody still looks back on... On those movies as being like big watermarks, like to a high standard, but nothing like it is today. It is right. It's it's broken the comic book fold. It is ultimate mainstream. And not only is it the highest grossing movie of all time, it's bloody good. It's a very good movie. Yeah, it's one that I can actually say I love that movie. Whereas Avatar, <laughs> it sat there for what ten years. I watched it at the movies. It was an experience. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I watched it at home on Blu-ray, so I've now seen it twice, and that's when it first came out. And I've not gone back to it. And you know what? I probably never will. I might try again, you know, like when the sequel comes around, and I might be the same, and it's like, it's just not a strong movie. But Endgame. Not only do we get this good <laughs> movie, like it plays like the greatest hits of the MCU. Yeah, it's all, it's all that, something else. But enough on that. Let's get into trailer talk to get this show Snoogans. underway. Snoochie Moochies. Jane Silent Bob reboot. Now, interestingly, on the title, we get it. There's a movie. The movie in the first... The first movie. There was a movie in the movie. So Jane Silent Bob strike back. They find out that there's a movie being adapted from their comic. Yes. Blunt Man and Chronic. You said it better than I 
I clearly wasn't. <laughs> reboot. In the movie, they find out there's going to be a reboot of the Blunt Man and Chronic movie. That's all you need to know. What a concept. I love it. It's perfect. It's meta in a way, but it's also... It fits. It's Kevin Smith back to the View Askewverse. It's where it all began for him with Clerks, Morvats, Chasing Amy, all of them. Recent years, we've had Tusk, Yoga Hoses. He's been doing different things. Yeah. He's going back to what put him on the map in the first place. And I am very excited. Jane, Silent Bob look older. Silent Bob's a lot thinner. <laughs> there's but still there's looks Silent Bob. <laughs> yeah, we've got in this, Jay as a daughter, yeah. played by Kevin Smith's real-life daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, playing the character Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I there's mean, so many cameos in this. Ben yeah. Affleck, Matt Damon, Jason Biggs. James Vanderbeek, <laughs> Melissa Benoist. I can never pronounce her name right. It's, is it's, it Benoist? I say Benoist. Or Benoit Benoist. Melissa <laughs> Benoist. Supergirl. Let's calling her Melissa Benoit. <laughs> We're getting her playing the rebooted Chronic. Mm. Val Kilmer as Bluntman. Honestly, love this trailer. It felt like I was watching a trailer from the 90s. And it's what I want from the View Askewverse. It feels of a piece. It's a very geeky celebration, this movie. Like, it it just throws all nerdy things at you. And it's just, it's what you want from James Hunt Barber, for sure. Very smart on Smith's part. This trailer was released ahead of Comic-Con. You beat the rush. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because as soon as Con hits, like, Marvel, DC, look at what we have. Yeah. And he got in there early. And people were still talking about it as the days went by, which is good. Building up good traction. There's another movie that's coming out. And if you watch this trailer, it's sort of like, okay, this looks interesting. Period piece sort of thing. Oh, okay. It's getting a little bit stylized. Wow, what is this ultra crazy sort of violence there? Oh, wow, it's Kingsman. Nope. The Kingsman. That's what it's called, the Kingsman. <laughs> yeah, but they pull up in front of the Kingsman tailor shop store. Front. But wait until the last shot of the trailer, which I really liked. Mm. So it's a prequel to Kingsman, The Secret Service. And I've been excited to spend more time in this world. It got announced a while ago that Matthew Vaughan not only was going to make a third movie with Eggsy, Taron Edgerton coming back, he's making other movies like The Statesman and this prequel story. And it looks great. We've got Ralph Fiennes in here. Like we are getting a Kingsman universe. But you're right. So, I mean, the the setting for it, so it's the origins of the organisation back in the First World War, but the way that it's shot, it's Kingsman. So I like that they can put it in a different setting or a different period, but it still has the feel of those movies. Yeah, that stylized violence, like it's there. And that's what gets me excited, because if the first half of the trailer does sort of play like any other sort of, you know, normal drama period piece with a hint of a little bit of action, but then it does go a little bit balls to the wall, and that's Kingsman. I'm glad we're getting not just this, but the other movies as well. Um, next up, Top Gun, Maverick. Tom Cruise made a surprise appearance out of the con. Dropped the first trailer. Do you reckon he felt uncomfortable there? <laughs> People were cheering for him, and I think he likes it. <laughs> I don't know, it's... Was he jumping on things? He wasn't. No, he, mm. he, he kept he's, it himself. He's toned down. He's toned but down. he was happy and he was there to sh share the trailer. And, and it was good that he was there to talk about Top Gun Maverick only. Like, there were no... 
There are no questions or talk about the upcoming Mission Impossible films. It was very it was focused, focused on, was... on Top Gun 2. That's some good PR work right there. Whoever's in charge, looking after I him. think he is. <laughs> he is? <laughs> in charge of himself. <laughs> he is the Top Gun. Um, this, this trailer, man, like, they announced this a while ago. And we yeah. talked about casting on the podcast and there'd been a teaser before. And they put a one sheet, you know, they always often put the poster out before the trailer. And I was looking at it and thought, oh, okay, well, I guess it's a thing. And when I first started playing the trailer, the audio wasn't working right. I think, oh, okay. And I had to reset the trailer, it buffered, and then you get the music. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm in. The music <laughs> is mean, what pulled me in. The music I'll, makes Top Gun. Because I'll tell you, like, this trailer does, uh, the majority of it is made of just, like, shots of, you know, jets and fighter pilots like sort of doing the action shots and yeah they look pretty cool but you know to me personally like i don't get so excited about that the appeal of top gun was the characters and yeah that's the coolness of it and stuff like it's that. the cheesiness we get you know a bit of volleyball yeah. on the beach it's what you want from top gun but what but the music did, did bring me in it, as well oh, like, it yes. takes it to another level like, i go from being oh i guess i'll watch it at some point to yeah no i need to see this movie because that music is awesome. But when Cruz came out, he did state that everything you see in the film is real. You know what? I made that assumption. I just thought, Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible, these effects look really good. I reckon we're actually seeing shots of these planes in action. So I was like, yeah, I made that assumption. I'm glad that's So I watched true. the trailer and thought, wow, you know, yeah. And you see the, the, the shots in the planes at the end. And then it was afterwards that I found out that, oh, it is actually real. Like, he's flying and, and everything else. So watching that trailer a second time, knowing that was a whole new experience. And the Mission Impossible films, they're good anyway. But knowing how much effort and how much of the stunt work he's Tom Cruise and how mm. much he pushes himself, that takes my enjoyment level all the way up. It looks like a bloody good film. I just, again, that music, like, that's... Nostalgia there to the max. Like, we're suckers for it. There it is. Now, this one was a request that I wanted to put in just because it was weird. It, it's so weird. Cats. We are getting a live-action CGI hybrid of a movie of uh, an adaptation of the Broadway show Cats. And this was announced a while ago, but I don't think anybody was really prepared for what this was going to be. <laughs> now, there's a stellar cast. There's a number of names. Taylor Swift, uh, James Corden, a whole bunch of others. Like Judy Dench, Yeah, Ian they're McKellen. huge. Yes, yes. But they're cats. Yes. Now, they're humanoid cats. They're, they have fingers. They have, like, female human breasts. But the, they- <laughs> the proportions... Oh, the size of cats. So, like, there's large birds. Yeah, and that's... So, at first, you don't really realise, and then you see them, and they're like, hang on, they're, like, a foot tall, and it's freaking weird. It's actually terrifying. This, as weird this... as the whole trailer is, the question that I had at the end was, why did James Corden spit on that cat? You know, hey, I, I, must have, on her? I must have missed that. Don't know what's is going that on what there. cats do? Well, that's what he does. Um, okay. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure, you know, in context it makes sense, but in the trailer it just looks weird that he's just been mean to this other cat who just spits on like, them. Like, I know, like, fans of the musical and stuff are probably very excited to see an interpretation on film. But, you know, like, these types of movies do transition really well. Phantom of the Opera, um, that other one, Les Miserables or whatever. It works. This kind of looks like a horror show. Like, I don't know what's going on. It's scary. I just thought the whole thing was strange. It's so strange. My wife 
likes musicals. So just out of curiosity, I showed her the trailer to Cats, and she said, I'd watch it. Okay. So, but was she a little bit that, like... That's one. <laughs> that's one person. Okay, so I might do okay. I just wanted to... Yeah. There's going to be an audience out there for it, and it's going to be... And I hope they're just not of, weirdos. <laughs> I think it's fans of musicals. I think that's who, who's going to be. So, and there's a lot of them out there. Yeah, okay. It looks expensive. They've spent a lot of money on this. That's it. Um, Taylor Swift has a cat. It's bringing up weird things inside me. Um, let's move on. It... Chapter two. <laughs> this is the first proper trailer. It's the first teaser they put out. It was like a scene. Much a scene. Yeah. It was the old lady. It was Jessica, uh, Jessica Chastain. Within a little bit of snippets. Beverly of, yeah. all growing up. Quick snippets afterwards. But this this is, is a proper trailer. And this is also announced as the final trailer as well. Oh, really? I believe, I oh, think. I like yeah. That. So first and final. I mean, it's only September. What I really like about this, we knew that we were going to get the adults in this sequel. But years ago when watching Goonies, they talked about coming back and doing a second one, having them all grown up. It's like we're getting that here. We've had mm. the young Goonies in the first one, and now chapter two, just a couple of years later, we're getting to see them all as grown-ups. I think it looks really good, more Pennywise. I'm liking the the horror in yeah, this. That riff of music, man. I can't do it, but it's amazing. I'm blanking on his name, but it's the same composer who did... Shazam. Benjamin something or others. Benjamin something. Sounds good. (laughs) But he's good, and yet that that music, that riff, is so good. That that, in that first movie. It makes me uncomfortable. Good, good. good. No, but it it just looks like a good film on top of being like, ah, this movie's going to scare me. But please, no giant spider. Honestly, if they give us another giant spider... I am going to be so disappointed. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it again. I think fans of the book are probably just wanting, you know, as much uh, faithfulness as they can get. So uh, yeah, I don't know. If, I really if that's what like happens, that original TV miniseries and then the spider <laughs> ruins it. So no giant spider. Give me an alternative. But it looks great. I'm really looking forward to it. Chapter two. Okay, now we've got a TV. Uh, trailer Star Trek Picard. What an emotional roller coaster this trailer was for me. Now you're definitely going to be more attached to oh, I, even having any idea what I'm is actually going on. Here. <laughs> Star Trek: The Next Generation fan, and I grew up with Star Trek. My entry point, you know, people talk about who their James Bond is, and Picard is my so the, Star Trek captain. So the next generation was the Star Trek for you. That was it. I grew up yeah. on The Next Generation and now we're getting a continuation of the story but we're getting extra things in there like we're getting Brent Spiner's data, we're getting Jerry Ryan's Seven of Nine from now, Voyager. I, I noticed her and I was like, that's that chick from Voyager. It is. That blonde woman. Also, producers have come out and confirmed that Troy and Riker are going to be in it. Okay. This is exciting stuff because at first we're thinking, okay, so this is going to be a show about Picard, Picard only. And then we get teased, we get data, and then, oh, mm. seven of nine. Not featured in the trailer, but announced afterwards. We get other cast members, which means we could even get more. But just the idea of having Patrick Stewart back as Picard is exciting in itself. And I'm I'm there 100% for this TV series. But the actual the story beat that they're going for, like the reluctant hero, I've always been a fan of that. So we've got Picard, it's like he's achieved everything he's set out to achieve. He's retired. 
He's got his Picard wine. He's, he's running his own <laughs> vineyard. You know he's got a dog. The name of the dog is perfect. It's number one. Love that. So and what does that mean? Well, that's what he was, like, like the number one officer. Oh, okay. So Riker is number one. Right, okay. So on the Enterprise, Picard's right-hand man, his go-to person, was always number one. Oh. And that's what he's named his dog. Very it's nice. sweet. Cool. <laughs> but the story of the reluctant hero, like, I've done everything I needed to achieve in this life, and then all of a sudden, destiny comes a-knocking. There's a young girl, and he needs, he's the only one that can protect her. <laughs> I love that as, as, a, as, a, as a story beat, and that's what Picard looks like it's going to be. And along the way, he's going to put data back together. Yeah. He's got seven of nine. Did I it, think this looks fantastic. Did it look like Patrick Stewart was playing chess with data? Yeah, yeah, like. But that's their thing. That, like, that's what they did. Like, oh. they, that was what they bonded over. I was just getting full like X Men vibes. So. Not only chess, but just games in general. Games like right. um, games of chess, where they had and... their conversations on humans and those sorts of things and stuff. Yeah. I'm completely there for the show. <laughs> and then just when you think they've given everything they can give in this trailer, we get a shot of Picard saying, make it so. <laughs> oh, honestly. like I thought that would have uh, tingled you a bit there. It's, the whole thing did. Like Out of all the trailers dropped at Comic-Con, this was the one that stood out for me by a country mile. I mean, I've, I've talked about on this episode and before, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. And that trailer did a lot for me. But it was Picard that was the number one trailer of the con. This TV show, like in this trailer, it looks like you could pass this off as a film. I feel like here's a new Star Trek movie, but it's going to focus on Picard. It looks like a personal. Look at Star Trek Discovery. Like when you get the big battles in space, like the special effects are movie quality. Mm. Star Trek has <laughs> never looked as good as it looks now. Things are just cheaper to do, and that's fantastic. Right, well, that's it for the trailer talk part of our show. Now on to movie news. And, you know, let's just start with Marvel Studios and their whole deal right now. So what you could say before getting to movie news, let's start with the Marvel Studios sure. segment. Let's, let's launch that as a one-off segment. Okay. <laughs> Marvel Studios, The Eternals. We've talked about The Eternals many times. We've had little bits of casting news along the way. And then we get to the point every time when we ask each other, do we know what the Eternals are I yet? still have no idea. And we never do. So I've done a bit of prep. <laughs> so now I can tell you, the Eternals are a powerful race of cosmic beings who have existed in our solar system for millions of years. While most Eternals look perfectly human on the outside, their advanced biology gives them incredible strength, long lives and powers that set them far above mortal men. We know a little bit more. I still don't know what this is about. Though. What's... It's about that. <laughs> uh, the cast, we've talked before about Angelina Jolie, Kamal Nanjiani, Richard Madden, Salma Hayek. I think new additions since we last spoke about it. We have Brian Tyree Henry. We last saw him in the Child's Play remake. Uh, Don Lee as a young girl, Leah McHugh. Cool. But we have a release date. November 2020. Okay, so the slate is being filled. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've got a date for that as well. It will stream exclusively in 2020. So we've known about this one for a while, but as well as giving us the release date, we got to see the official logo for the series. And, got and, we, got that, and we got that for 
all the projects that they announced, yes, which I thought yeah. was pretty cool. And it's Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie back as Winter Soldier Falcon, and we're also getting Daniel Brawl back as Zemo. Yes, and that Agent 13 chick. I forget her name. That's right. Yes. Um, not Peggy Carter, her niece, that one. Yeah. Agent Carter. Let's, yeah. go, let's go with that. <laughs> oh, Sharon. Sharon. Sharon Carter. What I'm hoping with Zemo, though, is I want him to wear the purple sock on his head. Can we just go, just go nuts? Just go full comic book. Just have him go crazy now. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, I think the Ten Rings part of the title is uh, the exciting part, I guess. And I think that as the title is perfect. Back when they released the first Captain America movie, it was a bit untested. Like, we had that movie in the 90s. Previously, they had serials. But as a character, it wasn't seen as that bankable. Mm. So they gave it a, a title, Captain America, the first Avenger. And that's what I'm reminded of with this title. The thinking, well, maybe Shang-Chi on his own isn't going to be enough. But giving it that Iron Man connection, I think it's a smart move. The movie is due to be released February 2021 and will feature the real Mandarin, played by Tony Lung. So no Ben Kingsley. <laughs> Slattery, <laughs> they're going to leave him behind. It'd be interesting if they mention him in, in passing and something like, oh, some prick. Like, Well, one of the last standalone movies, they in that you found out that the Mandarin was real. Yeah, and someone, like, he had sent someone to go and pretty much just tell him how it is and be like, stop doing what you're doing. But also in this movie, we have Aquafina, and playing Shang-Chi, we have Simu Lee. Somebody, if I'm honest, I am not familiar with, but what I've read online is that he actively pursued this role. Fantastic. And you know what? I think by the... As with all things... By the end of this movie, we will know who he is. And I'm sure he'll be celebrated. <laughs> Just like all the Marvel actors. Uh, WandaVision. Wanda, WandaVision. Stop it. No, <laughs> not again. Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany's WandaVision uh, will debut on Disney Plus in 2021. Um, it will take place after Avengers Endgame. And a grown-up Monica Rambo, uh, who we met in Captain Marvel, will appear... I had a feeling we were going to see her. So this is the young girl from Captain Marvel. I didn't think we were going to see her as soon as this. But I'm all for it. Oh, they got to put her somewhere. In in the comic, <laughs> she's had different aliases. I think she's currently Spectrum. She's got light-based powers. Uh, but I believe at one time she was Miss Marvel or a Captain Marvel character. Like She took up the mantle. I believe so. But at the very least, she is known as Spectrum in the comics. Loki gets a 2021 release date. It will follow Loki after he escapes New York in Avengers Endgame. And of course, this is once again on Disney+. Plus. So a TV series of sorts, yes. I like that they mixed it up. And the order that we're going through these today is the order that they announced them. I thought that was a... Yeah. A, I was wondering that. I was it. like, why are we not going by release date? But yes, that's I fine. Mean, Hope ordinarily, you, you know, like the way the show is structured, we have movie news, TV news, but I thought we'll go with yeah. how they release it and have Marvel Studios having its own segment. So there we go. Now we've got a bit more news on Loki. Tom Hiddleston is back, which I'm loving about all these TV series. Like This is no longer Netflix where it's connected, not mm -hmm. connected. These series are very much set within and around 
the cinema. Oh, there is one Marvel project that really takes that home, and I will get to it. Um, Doctor Strange, um, into I was gonna say into the multiverse. Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. I can honestly say, without reading it, I can't yet remember that title. <laughs> it's very long. You know what? I won't be surprised if some of these titles do get changed along the way. Oh no, I think. I think they've known about them long enough and to announce when, it at Comic-Con. Didn't Thor Ragnarok have like a title before, like a few years I earlier, and then it changed? So. No. I swear it did. I, it didn't. That was one of the ones that didn't move. Well, there was like... It might have been just a faux name, but Captain America... I think Civil War was like the serpent something or other. That wasn't Marvel. Oh, around, wasn't it? around the time of the cons, what will happen leading up to it, people will speculate and they oh, will okay. Photoshop their own versions together. Those bastards. But Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I did not do that from memory. I read it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's a quirky title and it suits the character. It sounds big and bonkers. Um, but we got a date, May 7, 2021, um, and it will be Marvel's first scary film. That's what horror, we're going for, that, horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but interestingly, it will add Elizabeth Olsen to the cast. So it's like, what is going on? Because we, we know that Vision is out of order. Yep. Scarlet he's out Witch, of order. <laughs> well, he's just he's off to one side. But he's going to be in the WandaVision TV series. And we've heard rumours about that being set in the 50s. So I'm thinking that the whole series could potentially be... Well, not all of it, but a percentage, like just all in her head. Like it's oh. a world that she's created what for if, herself. What if, with this, whatever multiverse thing they're doing in Doctor Strange, that it will lead into WandaVision? Maybe WandaVision is an alternate reality or something where Vision still. Maybe she leaves our reality to go to a world where Vision is still alive. Multiverse, maybe. I mean, um, they're both coming out the same year. But we've also got Nightmare announced as the villain for that movie. So he's very much a Doctor Strange villain who is a big, like, scary, demonic type ghoul. As a creature. A ghoul. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's good. Uh, what If? That is the Marvel animated series that's coming to Disney Plus in 2021. Former MCU cast members will return and the show will be narrated by The Watcher, voiced by Jeffrey Wright. And I did see a list of all the returning cast. Robert Downey Jr. isn't on there, which I thought was interesting, mm. but pretty much everybody else is. And I wonder if that's just because there's no Iron Man stories or no Tony Stark stories. I mean, there would be, but I think they're committed to the idea of having, ooh, we don't want to talk spoilers. Oh, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> Endgame. It's the highest grossing movie of all time. If you're listening to this, I think you have seen it. We no longer have Downey Jr. as Iron Man. So I think they are just going to leave it there and they're just not going to touch it. So this What If show, the the first episode is said to be What If Peggy Carter was Captain America? And Hayley Atwell, of course, is back as Carter. Sounds pretty good. Interestingly, we've got Jeffrey Wright. He's the narrator playing the Watcher. And I do think, if not for Stan Lee's passing, they'd have had him narrate it. Oh, that would have been... Yeah, that would have been perfect. But you know, Jeffrey Wright, he's got a he's got a voice, like a soothing, like a calming voice, and I think he'd be a I think he's good the narrator. right choice. Okay. Yes. Hawkeye confirmed for Disney Plus in twenty twenty one as well, with Jeremy Renner 
of course, attached. Um, and it will introduce Kate Bishop. There we go. And she is also Hawkeye. Uh, yeah. It's as confusing as it sounds. Yeah. They find it confusing themselves in the comics that they are both Hawkeye. I mean, just come up with a new name. I like it. Well, put a number on it. Number one. Number two, there. At one point, <laughs> Matt Fraction had a successful run on the comics and people referred to Clint as Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. Thor, Love and Thunder. This is interesting on so many levels. To begin with, who'd have thought Thor would be the first MCU character to get a fourth movie? Not yeah. me. Yeah. What but has he happened? Has. What has happened? Uh, Love and Thunder. What a... What's such a metal, heavy metal kind of name. It right? really is. And I absolutely love the logo. This is due to come out November 2021. That's going to be a big year. A lot of things are coming out. Uh, Taika Wahiti, he's back directing. Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson are all returning. But this is the bloody news. Natalie Portman will return as female Thor. Her character will be called Mighty Thor. So that's the distinction confirmed, mm. like in in identity, and that's yeah. been confirmed online. So she's been referred to like I just did there, female Thor. Her actual designated title is Mighty Thor. Now this was a Mighty Thor was a comic run, if I'm not mistaken. The original Thor comics were the Mighty Thor, right? Okay, but the one you're okay, talking okay, sure. about, we had Jason Aaron uh, writing and on art Russell Dowderman. Fantastic run on Thor. They're still going with that series. They're tying things up now. But in that series, or preceding that series, there was an event, Original Sin, and something was whispered into Thor's ear. Nobody else heard, but whatever was said, something was revealed to Thor that made him feel like he was no longer worthy and could not lift the hammer. Many people tried after Thor, but then one person, a female, and for the longest time, you didn't know the identity of that ah. character. And it was Jane Foster, who at the time had cancer. And what was happening, she was being treated, uh, chemo. Whenever she would transform into Thor, it would set her recovery back. So at the risk to her own life, she was like protecting people as Thor. <laughs> okay, I wonder if they'll, how much of that they'll be bringing into the movie. Everything, you know, with these, I mean, we're talking about monthly, sometimes bi-weekly comics. Eventually, somebody's going to hit the big reset button. In the comics, Thor is back as Thor. With Jane Foster still around, she's now got the identity of Valkyrie, but that's a separate thing. But in the movie, we are getting Jane Foster as Thor, which I find very exciting. And also, James Gunn has come out and said that this movie takes place before the events of Guardians Volume 3. Cool. So, yeah, where Thor and the Guardians were at the end of Endgame, yeah, let's see how they, if they get back to that or not, or something. Or We they- talked about it when we did Endgame, that something will happen to reset Guardians and Thor will be removed. Mm. This movie's going to be... I it. mean, maybe the start of Thor, Love and Thunder, the Guardians just drop them off somewhere. Thanks for lift, guys. See you, rabbit. You know, done. So whether <laughs> we're getting Chris Hemsworth Thor, or at least maybe as a deep-powered Thor, I'm not sure, but Hemsworth is back. But the focus will definitely be 
the mighty Thor. And again, Thor, Love and Thunder. It's my favourite title of all Phase 4. <laughs> That's very cool. Black Widow. We will dive into Natasha's past and start Phase 4. So that's our next movie, the 1st of May, 2020. So that will be our next MCU movie. Uh, Florence Pugh is confirmed to play Yelena Belova, who, is in, who in the comics was a spy sent to kill Natasha Romanov, Romanov, Romanova, Romanov. Romanova. Yeah, I had to go back and fact check this one because I it thought is Romanova, Natasha is it? Romanov, but everyone's reporting Natasha Romanova. Wow, that's new to me. Um, but they later become allies, so we'll see if that all plays out. Um, David Harbour's character, Alexei Shostakov, well done, mate, um, is also known as the Red Guardian. Um, the Soviet Union's response to Captain America. So, Perfect, I love it. Well, <laughs> I'll great. take it. I mean, for a while there were rumours that in this phase they were going to introduce the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And Harbour was front runner for people speculating the thing. Okay. That might have worked. But Actually, I like this as well. He's playing a Russian Captain America. Yes. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I think we need it. Um... And finally, so this 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 is a big one. So we, we've finished now. That is phase four. So this is a project that technically is... Phase 5, it could get moved in the schedule, but it's a Phase 5 movie. Blade. Holy shit. <laughs> Where did this come from? <laughs> Mahershala will be playing Blade in the MCU. I'm all for it. Now, the interesting thing on this is he played Cottonmouth, I believe, in... In Luke Cage. So, I'm pretty season. sure this is the official nail in the coffin. Netflix Marvel... Hashtag not connected. Done. The actress in Captain America Civil War at the beginning. Yeah, that was an accident. This yeah, is okay, but this it has is like, happened before. But, but this Netflix is a Marvel is done. This is a major character. Yeah, it's done. It's I gone. think they need to wait until those characters are out of production for two years, and then they're going to reboot them mm. as either Phase Five or Six. Probably Six. They'll bring them back around. But you're right, though. I mean, this is the first time when we've had a prominent actor playing prominent roles and two completely separate ones. Now, what do you think on this? Is Disney, is the is Marvel Studios going to make this a more adult-orientated movie? Or are they going to stick to brand with this being no, in the MCU? I, no, I think, you know, we talked about the Doctor Strange sequel being a horror movie. Yeah, but they could still do I horror, think, yeah, you know, I th- like I think PG-13 or M rating or tonally, whatever. Tonally, the movies are going to have their own tone. They're not going to be playing it safe. You know, we've got the Fox-Disney buyout. That's happened. I just think Disney's it's going to become a different thing. And we're going to sure. get Blade that we've seen with Snipes. Like the brand is strong enough for them to take risks like this. And it will be marketed and sold as... If it is going to have violence in it, it will be marketed as that. And I guess they can probably get away with violence in the equivalent of a PG-13 M rating anyway, right? Without pushing it, as long yeah, as there's no boobies or sexy things or swear words. You know, it was Arlie, I'll point out, two-time Academy Award winning yeah. Arlie that uh, approached for The Green Book and maybe there's something else and let's do both for the that. The Green Book was one I was thinking of, yeah. He approached Kevin Feige at Marvel. And 
it began with Ivy saying, hey, listen, you know, I'm a fan of your work, and then, you know, patting each other on the back, and then Arlie's like, I want to do Blade. <laughs> Pitch it to them, and they said, yes. Okay, yes, sir, we will <laughs> take you in. Kevin Feige also confirmed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, and Fantastic Four. He didn't get quite to X-Men, but he did mention Fantastic Four. I think Four. we always figured out of both of the two, like Fantastic Four would be the easiest one to Makes bring sense. in quickly, you know, like it's a small group, it doesn't raise too many questions. X-Men you got the whole mutant situation issue. So I know we've just had Far From Home. Like it's still going well <laughs> at the box office, but I'm surprised there's no mention of Spider Man. I mean that could change. But I mean like if you look at the the movie dates that we've got, you know, we're looking next year twenty, then we've got twenty one. There's nothing for 22, nothing for 23 yet. So that's going to be Phase 5. Is it going to be Phase 5, or have they only just announced one half of it Phase 4? It sounds like a lot more because they're announcing both TV and film. If you look at just the movie titles, we've only got, what, like three? It's an, it's four movies, for, maybe? It's enough for two years. That's it. So there's 11 announcements altogether. Blade, so 10 if you discount Blade, which is Phase 5. Like, Phase 3 spanned over, what, like, four years or so? It did, but, like, after Endgame, I mean, way before Endgame, it's a well-oiled machine. Like, these guys know what they're doing, so I, now it's like, let's do it. I expect with D23 coming up, is that what it's called? I expect more announcements and so stuff. So we've, I mean, everything that we've gone through, again, not counting Blade... It's two years. That's insane. Yeah. I want it. <laughs> I want to watch it all. This is our like our longest period of time until our next MC movie in a long time. Like it is. It not is. had to there's oh, there's been a November movie or something, you know, like for the longest time. But there's so much coming. Like, hey, so we've got much. Avengers Endgame coming to Blu-ray and DVD and all that. So <laughs> we can just watch that again and again. Or go see it at the movies some more. Movie news, official movie news. Long show. Let's get into it. DC Universe original movies. I don't think we've ever started <laughs> with with that. Well, we got Marvel out of the way, so... That's true. An animated movie adaption of Superman Red Sun and another Superman animated feature called Superman Man of Tomorrow will be released next year as direct-to-video DC Universe original movies. Very excited. The basic premise of Red Sun, what if... Superman didn't crash land in America, but instead Russia. Always an exciting story. And it is fantastic. Still holds up today. Written by Mark Miller, illustrated by Dave Johnson. It is absolutely fantastic. And with all these DC animated movies we get each year, I think it's at least three, sometimes four a year, I've been hoping for Red Sun. And now it's happening. With Man of Tomorrow, it's said to be an original story following a young Clark Kent. Justice League Dark Apocalypse War is a sequel to the 2017 Justice League Dark movie, one of the few R-rated DC Universe original movies. The film saw Batman assembling a team of magic-based heroes to deal with a supernatural threat. The team included John Constantine, played by Matt Ryan, back from the live-action TV series. We had Zatanna, Swamp Thing, Deadman, Etrigan, and Black Orchid. That was a good movie. Very good movie. The title suggests the new gods of Apocalypse and New Genesis will have a role to play, but nothing as yet confirmed. Ooh. Now we're obviously going to review all of these. All of them. 
Yep, cool. Okay. All of them. <laughs> we, drag me along with you. We ya. do all the DC animated movies except for Lego. We don't touch them. Then the latest one is Lego Batman Family Matters. And there's a focus on Batwoman. Well, this is one of like like those cheaper. Like, so it's this not isn't like Lego the, movie. The Lego movie. No, yet. this is the home release ones. Nah. So we well, don't do just, them. Nah, but all the other ones, we do it. Like we do different, different ball wax. Batman and Scooby Doo, <laughs> Batman <laughs> okay. and Turtles. We do all of them. We just don't do Lego. Sorry, Lego. That's what it is. I'm shrugging. If, <laughs> if you can't hear my shrug, the Little Mermaid. Um, a little bit more casting here. Harry Styles is in talks to play Prince Eric opposite um, Halle Bailey's Ariel in Disney's upcoming remake of The Little Mermaid. And we've also got Javier Bardem in talks to play the father of Ariel, King Triton. I've seen so many Photoshop pictures of Terry Crews as King Triton. You can't, yeah. That's I would be want. disappointed <laughs> if we did not get Terry Crews. Now we, Javier Bardem, now, great actor. Great actor. I'm assuming... Because he, he is not a dark-skinned person. I'm assuming maybe there'll be a mother or some allusion to, like, a black actress being playing the mother, even with the photo or something, or a flashback. Or maybe it's just going to be, like, implied. Can work. That's my two cents of it. Like, I expected a, a black actor. That's what I'm saying. He's, like Terry Crews. Like Terry Crews. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Completely skipped over Harry Styles. How do you feel about that one? Well, look, yeah. you know, he was in a boy band. He's had a solo career. He was in Dunkirk. He was in Dunkirk. He's doing things. He didn't do much in Dunkirk. He did fine. Okay. Okay, then. Sherlock Holmes 3. Dexter Fletcher, the director of the Elton John biopic Rocketman, has signed on to direct the next Sherlock Holmes movie starring Robert Downey Jr. Fletcher will take the reins from director Guy Ritchie, who directed the first two... Sherlock Holmes films, 2009's Sherlock Holmes and 2011's Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows. Are you interested? Yes. Yes, yeah, so you... I, I am. You and like those first two? Knowing the connection, I do a lot. And knowing the connection, Fletcher and Ritchie, I think, you know, they've worked very well together in the past. And the tone that was set up in those first movies, I think Fletcher will be able to run with it and give us a good movie. Fantastic. And another one you're excited for, Fast and Furious 9. That is insane, just hearing you say 9 <laughs> at the end of Fast and nine. Furious. 9. Just wait for 10, mate. Vin Diesel has confirmed that uh, Charlize Theron and Helen Mirren are returning for Fast and Furious 9. Uh, both actors made their debut appearances in The Fate of the Furious back in 2017. Charlize played Cypher, a villain, and Mirren played... Jason Statham's mum. Fantastic. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, just to pull you in. I know you've not seen those movies. Oh, well, yeah. I knew uh, Theron was, uh, you know, the villain. And, but yeah. Vin Diesel, once again, been his own PR machine. He announced <laughs> this on Instagram, which seems to be his his go-to that's his, social media platform that's of his choice. Box. Yeah, it's his soapbox. Terminator Dark Fate. They made a big splash at Comic-Con. We had Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger was there. But the big reveal, Edward Furlong will reprise his role as John Connor. I, mean, I did not see this coming. Not at all. I think we even raised that as a... I think it was with you. Like It's like, hey, could they bring him back? You know, they bring him back. And we were like, and, nah, I think he's done. He... And whoever said it, the other person would have quickly shot them down. Saying yeah. that never happened. 
Well, it's happening. I mean, we've, it's been said all along, sequel to Terminator 2. It really <laughs> is. Now, I mean, it was anyway, but now even more so. Yeah, like really bringing I'm it home. I'm very curious. I do not even know what Furlong looks like today. No idea. But we'll find out. Yeah, I, I, saw a, I think I saw a photo like a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, it's been a while, so I can't remember at all. Um, but you know where I, I stood on this? I was like, I'm just getting fed up of them saying the same thing, you know, Terminator 2 sequel. And it's like, yeah, yeah we, we keep getting that. I've said it before. I think they're, they're really... I think they're maybe they're really doing it this time. <laughs> I've said it before. You're on your last chance. And every time I'm like, go on, then one more. This is it. One more chance. To if they it. can't make this work, then just leave it. <laughs> like, just do something else. Just leave it. Or if they are going to... If they really want the Terminator franchise to be something, just let it be for a bit and then bring it back. No, Arnie, just Terminator. Like a new I'm very Terminator. The concept, the same it. concept. Just no, yeah. But we'll see. We'll we'll see. Red Notice. Um, this is an upcoming Netflix action adventure film um, with now Ryan Reynolds joining it. Uh, it's about the pursuit of the world's most wanted art thief. So Reynolds would star along the previously announced Dwayne Johnson and Gal Gadot in the film written and directed by Ross and Marshall Thurber. Uh, you'd know him from Central Intelligence and Skyscraper. I don't know if that's a good thing, but they were fun movies. So. <laughs> this is kind of a big deal and a big get for Netflix. A the Netflix names, original film and they've got Dwayne Johnson. Well, at the moment, it's got to be one of the biggest, most bankable movie stars. Everyone wants him. Gal Gadot, our very own She's Wonder Woman. And, and Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds speaks for himself. Great cast. This happened before Comic-Con, and it's... Let's not forget it. The James Bond news for Bond 25. Yes. Now, do you, you know what? Before we get into it, the way people were... Like, news articles and outlets were... Ridiculous. I was like... And just wrong. Just completely wrong. And I mean, people are getting up in arms because they only read headlines and they don't read articles. Everyone knows what we're talking about, but Lashana Lynch will play 007 in the new James Bond movie. And people are like, what? James Bond's a woman? They were like, no. It's all happening. That's, that's not, yeah. you know, cats and dogs living together. Yeah. <laughs> Mass hysteria. <laughs> it's not that at all. What people need to do is just take their minds back to how it ended in Spectre. Bond retired. They're not just going to hold on to his designated number indefinitely. Mm. They're going to hand it off to another agent. The unfortunate thing here, it would have been a great reveal when watching the movie. Yeah. James, no, not James. 007, can you come into this room, please? Yeah, because... Uh, and the, then she walks in. The, the articles have been, uh, like, have revealed that, you know, M does say that and then, you know, expect... You expect Daniel Craig to walk into the room. But you don't. You but get it's, her. It's Lynch. And you go... Sitting in there in the audience, you would be like, what the hell is happening? I'm very confused. But now we know, which is know, it's yeah. a bit disappointing. But honestly, like so many people like, angry about James Bond now being female. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's not that I should probably get killed within the first like 20 minutes of the movie. And then like Bond will be like, well, can I have my number back? Oh, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> well, I mean, something's going to happen to her, right? Anywho, <laughs> anywho. I think the internet spent enough time on that story. Uh, just one last thing, though. Christoph Waltz will reprise the role of Blofeld. Now, that's the interesting thing about these these series of, of, of the Daniel Craig Bond movies is that they do have that connective tissue. So you can bring actors back and it's not like, oh, the old ones, you know, they were just done. 
I don't think it. they would though, because I mean, people were very disappointed. It wasn't the actor's fault, but I guess just the way the character was portrayed. Maybe they want to do right by him, and uh, let's get Blofeld right. <laughs> this is very exciting. Um, Coming to America two uh, will officially include Arsenio Hall as he returns to play uh, Semi. It has been uh, has been speculated for the last few months that Hall would re- would be returning to take part in the sequel, but it hasn't been confirmed until now. And of course, we have Eddie Murphy coming back to play Prince Akeem. Now, I've just noticed, and I got to ask you this: you wrote this, you wrote in the, our notes here, coming the number two, and then America. Is that Ooh. how? Is that how it's gonna be? That was an accident. I didn't even realise I did that. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, now I'm looking at it. I did do that, didn't I? I they could call me number two America. Because they could do that. Oh, maybe that And was... that'd be fun and playful. And... <laughs> that'd be weird if they do do that. And I just did that by mistake. It's like a very 90s movie. It is, isn't it? Uh, but maybe suitable. Maybe that works. So, the horror franchise. We talked about the podcast before how Chris Rock is bringing it back. But we didn't know if he was going to be more involved in that. And now we know. Not only Chris Rock, but Samuel L. Jackson will be starring in the reboot. What the hell? (laughs) What is happening? Rock will star as a detective investigating a series of grisly crimes, and Jackson will play his dad. There we go. This is bizarre. It is batshit crazy. (laughs) It is really odd. But, yeah, the Saw franchise burnt out, and maybe this is what it needs if they must insist on uh, continuing and doing, I, or doing something I'm with so it. I'm so curious. Stay tuned. We have not discussed it yet, but yes, we will review this film. <laughs> so, um, it's official. There will be two more movies in the saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. I am, of course, talking about Halloween. Um, now we've, of course, got the Halloween movie last year, wasn't it? You were saying that with the sequel, you did not want it just to be called Halloween 2. Well, because the Halloween that we got last year was the sequel to Halloween from, what was it, 70-something? Or what, 78? I think it was 78. Sure. Both called well, Halloween. maybe 72. 70s. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Both called Halloween. So the sequel to Halloween was called Halloween. So to call the third movie Halloween 2 would just be silly. You needed just like a subtitle. What we got, Halloween Kills... And then we'll get Halloween ends. That works fine. That works. I like it. Yeah, simple. Quick fact check. I was right the first time. Halloween came out in 1978. Oh, well done. Um, We've got two dates as well. October 16, 2020 for Halloween Kills. And October 15, 2021 for Halloween ends. So So between the MCU and Halloween, we're set. (laughs) For the next two years. Yeah, we got a good thing going. That's it for... Movie news, and wow, if you're still with us, we thank you. <laughs> Let's get into TV news. Wow. I don't know how else to start, but wow. Crisis on Infinite Earths. We have some news, and boy, do we. Brandon Routh and Tyler Hoechlin will both suit up as Superman in different time frames during the next Arrowverse crossover. Brandon Routh, you will know from Superman Returns, Really like that movie. I know not everybody did, but it got a soft spot for it. We're not getting a continuation of that character. Instead, Ralph is playing Kingdom Come Superman. Kingdom Come, if you're unfamiliar, is a story set in the far future when Superman has gotten grey in the temples and is facing competition from a younger, more violent generation of superheroes. Now, hang on a sec. 
I am beyond <laughs> excited. Now, Brandon Routh, of course, we know plays... Uh, is it Ray Parker? Nope. Ray, Ray Palmer. Ray Palmer. The Atom. The Atom in the Arrowverse, in this continuity of... So he's doubling up playing another character, another superhero. So he, like... So he's not playing Ray Palmer as Superman, he's playing... So he's going to be playing two separate characters. On this very podcast, a long, long time ago, I said, wouldn't it be cool, we were getting Elseworlds and these other crossovers, if you had a scene with Brandon Routh as the Atom, he would meet Brandon Routh as Superman, and somebody would say, hey, Ray, he looks just like you, and the response would be, I just don't see it. I said that a long time ago, that it could double up. So they could make a joke about it, but then brush it off like, no. And I said that on the back of a previous crossover years prior, where Supergirl sees Ray Palmer for the first time, and she makes an offhand remark ah, and says, you look like my cousin. You kind of look like my cousin. And that was before Tyler was cast as Superman. Sure. It is so layered. But I was saying years ago that maybe we'll get Brandon Ralph as Superman again. In the Arrowverse, it's it's happening. Just do they want? Just do they want? Elizabeth Tullock will reprise her role as Lois Lane. The crossover will feature the debut of Lois and Clark's child. This is a bit of a spoiler, but it was a year ago. <laughs> At the end of last year's Elseworlds crossover, Clark and Lois moved to Argo City, the last remnant of Krypton, because Lois was pregnant and they wanted her to give birth there away from Earth's yellow sun. You know, so she doesn't die with a Kryptonian I mean, child. <laughs> I mean, this all sounds awesome. Having Lois and Clark back together, they've not specified the sex of the child, but you've got to think it's going to be male, and we will get John Kent, who in the comics now is Superboy. There's more. <laughs> there, <laughs> there is, there more. is more. Burt Ward. If you're unfamiliar with Burt Ward, he played Robin in the 1966 TV series. He's set to appear. We don't yet know who he's going to be playing. But who knows? He could be from the Kingdom Come world. Yeah, why the hell not? <laughs> and be an aged, retired Dick Grayson. Oh my Either way, God. Burt Ward is going to be back in a DC show. And also, John Cryer will return as Lex Luthor. And that is a lot of crisis on Infinite Earth news. And it's just going to continue. And we get this at the end of the year. We get the first couple of episodes. It's really not far. Five part crossover, and then maybe it's the first three or four, but then the final episode, the final couple, will be in January. So you've just got to wait for that cliffhanger over Christmas. My God. But you mentioned uh, John Cryer there as Lex Luthor. We haven't seen the last of him in Super on Supergirl either. He'll be back. Very glad. Very, very glad. I was so concerned when John Cryer <laughs> was cast as Lex Luthor. But you're liking him. He's very interesting. Like He plays it different to any other Lex that I've seen. I think he just had three episodes. And he was very good. And he had the big like Lex green battle suit. But he did look as though he was about to meet his end. Yeah. But then the Monitor stepped in, who was part of the whole Elseworlds crossover. Oh, we're getting into spoiler territory here. Um, Again, a year ago. About that, that. Yeah. Speaking of uh, new suits or... Big suits? No, just new suits. I don't know, suits. Supergirl has a new suit. She got trousers. <laughs> or pants. Yeah. Long pants. You know what? 
I really like it. I like her legs. <laughs> I really like it. And I, what I like about what they're doing, not just with the suit, she's got a different hairstyle. Yeah, it's got like the, the way the, the character is written in the series, like her her role in the world is like her everything about the show has just evolved from that first series. And I really like that. And we're getting to see a character grow. Like if you'd have looked at a show like this years ago, they'd have pretty much wanted the characters just to stay the same, stay the same age. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. now they're actually letting them become like adults. Like they're actually growing up and and I think the costume lends itself to that, whereas it looks like we're past what's already been and now she's going to in a new direction, we're gonna get new stories. And I just think it's like, visually, the suit looks great. It's very similar to the Superman suit. Like it's got the same the way the cape connects is the same. It kind of makes sense. Belt. Yeah, it makes sense that they've done that. It is a great design. I'm looking forward to seeing it in action. Batwoman, it's been revealed that Batman supervillain Hush will appear on the series. I don't think you know too much about Hush yet because we're yet to do our Batman Hush. And I think that's where I'll get all my info. <laughs> so watch that movie and I'm sure people listening will do the same. And then when Batwoman drops, you'll be more familiar with that character. But I like that they're going for Batman villains, but they're not just saying, let's just use Joker, let's use Mr. Freeze. Yeah, Penguin. Oh, they've got to keep missing up. So I'm glad that, yeah, they are, well, at least for Batwoman, they've gone with something different. And a little bit of... Uh, Info here just for Titan Season 2, just a premiere date, September 6th. Not too far away. And they've released some images. Well, I think they're behind the scenes or leaked, should I say. And we get to see Wonder Girl, Aqualad, Robin's in there. The designs are looking pretty cool. They're looking yeah. comic accurate. We get a, a first look at Deathstroke. But yeah, so, I mean, September, that's no time at all. So we're going to probably get an official trailer soon also on the DC Universe app Doom Patrol that's officially being renewed for a second season it's all happening there DC Universe that first season kooky as all hell <laughs> that's why you loved it right really like it yeah I'm not overly familiar with the characters from the comics only when they've appeared in other characters books that I've been reading so I'm finding out a lot more about the characters as I'm watching the show and I really enjoyed that but the show itself is well put together. Characters are interesting. And Brendan Fraser as Robot Man steals the show <laughs> every time. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, a bit of Marvel here. Um, it will end with its upcoming seventh season. I mean, it had to end sooner or later. I'll tell you where I'm at with that. I'm done. <laughs> oh, are you? I'm done. So I what... tried to watch this new season that they're currently in. Ah, I have done three. Episodes? Yes. Are you done? Season six. No, it's it's sitting there. It's yeah. sitting there. It's interesting. We've got this whole thing now where Clark Gregg is back, not as Coulson, but as a character like, named like, Sarge. Like they're doing their own like, multiverse thing or something, aren't they? I don't yeah. quite. Three episodes in, they've not shown us yet, but they're well, doing I something. I, I don't know. Like, I just think, like, and I know that the, the whole connected to the MCU thing issue that we've gone back and forth with I don't know I just think the start of this season just showed that it's like wow this show's not connected either I mean it has been but no not really, but not really. So, I mean after Winter Soldier in the show S.H.I.E.L.D. was disbanded and no longer trusted nah, but it's just... so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. outside of Peggy Carter is the closest to have been connected 
Yeah. I remember that pilot and it very much felt like it premiered not long after the first Avengers movie and it felt like, oh, we're going to get a weekly continuation. Yeah. And it didn't end up being that, unfortunately. But seven seasons, a good effort. Good effort. It's just not a great show to continue and continually be put through. But that's enough on that. Ahead of its series premiere July 26th, The Boys has been renewed for season two. That's ahead of, I was like, that definitely hasn't started yet, has it? No. No, it's like, a couple of days away. Straight on it. In fact, it's actually gone into production already. <laughs> wow. Wasted no time. Confidence. Uh, Brian K. Vaughan's time-travelling adventure Paper Girl is coming to Amazon. Now, this is, of course, a comic. Follows four girls from 1988 who suddenly find themselves in the middle of a war being waged between time-travellers. I was reading this. I probably got about 10 issues in and I was enjoying it, but I can't remember for whatever reason I dropped off. But the idea of getting it as a TV series, you're thinking Stranger Things, that kind of project, shows a lot of potential. The Flintstones is getting a reboot in the form of an adult comedy series with Elizabeth Banks producing. All over the poster. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wow, do we need an adult... Comedy series of the Flintstones? To be fair, the Flintstones was really like an an adult show, similar to The Simpsons is an adult show. It just is appropriate enough for children as well. I mean, was, I think, if if I'm remembering this right, it was the first primetime animated TV show. Correct. Okay, good. (laughs) Like on an American network anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I I can see that. Back in the 60s. (laughs) But maybe after the fact that maybe it's more... Like, I think most adults would think The Flintstones is a kid's cartoon. So maybe yeah. it didn't start that way, or they were aiming for maybe but I mean, like the, they, the audience that The Simpsons ended up reaching. Like, they addressed, like, marital squabbles and issues and stuff like that. Not to the extent of anything too intense, but I'm assuming when they say adult, it's going to be more... It's not going to be, like, crude, rude, and, you know, they're not going to be... Family Guy style, Fred and Wilma having sex with pebbles like awkwardly in the room, getting uncomfortable. Or but something. they're aiming for a prime time show, so we're talking yeah. Simpsons, Family Guy, maybe in that in that territory. Could okay, be, I mean, it could I, be pretty interesting. I think you've turned me around on it. Yeah, I think just don't read into too much of adult. Don't take that too intensely. It's I think it's just more like it will just be a more of a mature show and not kitty, not super kitty friendly. You've won me over. I'll All right, done. Cool. <laughs> um, Star Trek Lower Decks. Rick and Morty's Mike Mahan revealed a first look at this animated series, which takes place right after Star Trek Nemesis. So more Star Trek. Now, this is the Star Trek animated series that I think we had talked about previously, correct? Or is this something completely no, 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 we, new? Yeah, no, we've talked about, we've talked yep. about this and the other animated Star Trek series, but that one is a kid's show that will be airing on Nickelodeon. Ah, okay, okay, okay. But this is interesting because it's a... it's ref- The way they've set it up, the, the starship isn't an important starship, and you're following ensigns. And then there's going to be... Obviously, you've got your captains or whoever, and playing the captain is Jerry O'Connell, which is pretty interesting. But the focus of the episodes will be the young... Ensigns. But just that little bit of information there, just letting you know that it takes place after Star Trek Nemesis, 
they didn't have to do that. This could have just been like a one-off Star Trek project. Yeah, like but what? instead they're saying that oh yeah, you know that that movie where Tom Hardy played a young Picard. This TV series is set after the events of that film. Love it, making it canon. <laughs> it has a place. It fits somewhere. I've got some Power Rangers news. Yay! <laughs> we never do Power Rangers news. It's for the current iteration, Power Rangers Beast Morphers. Mm. You're probably asking yourselves, Luke, why are you talking about Power Rangers? What's going you. on? Austin St. John, the original Red Ranger, you'd know as Jason Scott Lee, he is set to appear in the series. Ooh. Beast Morphers will adapt footage from the Japanese Super Sentai series Go Busters. So previously, they've never used any of that footage, and that's what Power Rangers is. They've always repurposed Super Sentai yeah. series and just put American actors in there. Because that's what they do. But Jason, the proper one. I mean, normally, I mean, like, you've had... You've had Tommy Oliver come back, Jason David Frank, you know, like in... Dino Thunder. Yeah, he had like a recurring role. And there was an anniversary special last year and he came back for that. And I think um, think Austin St. John came back for that as well, didn't he? In that... No, it was Rocky. Forever Red? It was in Forever Red, but it was um, Rocky that came back in the anniversary special. Okay. It was Tommy, Rocky and Kat. They were the 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 three characters. Like the Mighty Morphin characters, I guess. But they showed a trailer for Beast Morphers, and you see more than Jason in there. Like there's someone suited up as the Pink Ranger. I'm, I'm oh, interested. Maybe there could be more, I maybe. don't know if I'd go as far as saying I'll watch it. Yeah. But I'm curious. Now this series has aired, I think, the first eight episodes already, and the American version. The American version. Oh, okay, so sure. this show has started already, but Jason's not been in it yet. Typically, what they do with Power Rangers, they will air roughly about eight episodes and then they will go on a long hiatus and then come back and i guess when they come back the big selling point is austin st john i did not know that about their production <laughs> they went i didn't until prepping for this oh, show. Well, i was like is that just something you know about <laughs> someone around here needs to do research Jeez. all i know is that they there will be a eventually there will be a super beast morphus or something which is, seems to be their pattern I, mean, I, I, did, I did try and say it as if I knew it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's, but I that's new information. <laughs> um, yeah, Power Rangers, cool. This is cool. The team behind the toys that made us. I think both of us love that. It's an amazing show. Love that show. Um, they've announced a brand new series called The Movies That Made Us. Love it. <laughs> I don't need to say any more. Genius title. But I will. Um the debut season will cover Die Hard, Home Alone, Dirty Dancing, and Ghostbusters. And do you know what? I'm keen for all of those because I compare the Dirty Dancing one to that Barbie episode where I was like, you know what? This could be the best episode. <laughs> I was committed to watching every single episode yeah. in order. And I, I thought the Barbie one was You'd be the like, episode that I was just going to wait until it was over. But it was so interesting. One of the best ones. <laughs> Crazy. And we talked before about that doll on the chair in the background. Yeah. Freaky. What was that? Yeah, so this sounds great. And, you know, we're also getting the toys that made us season three oh, fairly fantastic. soon. So these guys, like in my eyes, they can do no wrong. Like, if they're going to put the level of research into movies that made us as toys, yeah. it's going to be fantastic. Fantastic, yeah. Do you know what? I hope the opening credits is the same song or tune, but just with different lyrics. Okay. So yeah. exactly. So it's like it's the movies that made us. You know, like the same thing. It is such 
a good show. <laughs> like, it is so good. <laughs> so the movies that made us, yeah, I'm really, really excited for I it. I look forward to one of us recommending it, whoever gets in first when it comes <laughs> out, because I just know it's going to be hot shit. I guess at least it's into it recommends. Ah, nicely ah! done. <laughs> I'm going to recommend Stuba. This film is hilarious. Hilarious, you say. Kamal Nanjiani and Dave Bautista. And the basic plot is extremely basic. You've got an Uber driver named Stu, played by Nanjiani, and then playing a cop that's just had laser eye surgery, who can know he can't see clearly for 24 hours, needs to stop a bad guy on that day only, a case he's been working for two years, he can't drive himself, he calls an Uber. And it's it's rush hour, it's lethal weapon. Like you go back to the nineties, those mid-level budget movies, like buddy cop movies, it's that. And as I'm watching it, and I laughed my ass off so much during this movie, and there were other people in the audience as well, like just laughing so loud. It is a genuine, genuine funny movie. And it it's just come out at a time where everyone's talking Marvel. Toy Story, Lion King, like there's so much competition out there. I think people are choosing those movies over this much smaller movie. But it is well worth your time. Hilarious. I absolutely had a ball watching Stuba. You know what? It's very interesting that you um, you chose that movie. Because on the same day, another movie came out. Aha, uh-huh. I know where you're going with this. Um, and yeah, we, me and the what we chose between the two and we went with Crawl. Mistake. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's Battle well, of the Recommends. Ooh. Let um, us know. Who did you listen to? <laughs> well, this one is about an alligator. It is alligator, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not seen the movie. Yes, it is alligators. Um, it's got Kaya Scodelario, you know, or as Effie from Skins. Um, and Barry Pepper also in there as her father. Um, basically, they get caught in a house during a Category 5 hurricane um, because of where it's set. There's alligators that get into their basement. They get stuck in the basement. It's a believable setup of series of events, trust me. Um, and do you know what? The Yeah, you're right. Like We're in this moment in time where like there's just so many blockbuster movies. Even horror movies are just like annoying me because they're just not good they're not great this is right in the right place of given the correct amount of suspense keeping on your toes and actually being like wow that's pretty scary and alligators the the effects of them i bought them they look and that's impressive to me it was like you know you know i like dinosaurs but this is yeah alligators they're like little dinosaurs i was i was all into it um really surprised it was more than i thought um it was going to be directed by alexandre Aja, I should mention as well. So, you know, I'll check out Stuber when it home home release. I'll do the same with Crawl. All oh, right, cool. Like, now we can shake in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like with the competition that's out there on the big screen right now, I'm so glad that both of us chose to venture out and watch a smaller something movie. something different. And yeah, it's, you can get these big blockbuster movies, and you know. There have been a few who have walked out like just disappointed. I won't say which ones because you know we've done reviews. You know how we feel. I like how with satire as if we're recommending independent cinema. Yeah, but I it's mean not. we are talking lower budget, but, but still like mid mid level. They're just but, ones that are lost amongst the overbloated 
summer blockbuster movies. Okay, now I've got a little bit of trivia. And because you mentioned Power Rangers, I took that as an opportunity <laughs> to bring some. But specifically, Austin St. John, because the news oh, was about wow. him. Wow, I'm genuinely interested. So Austin St. John, who played Jason Lee Scott, the original Red Ranger, his name, Austin, is actually his stage name. His real first name is Jason, which makes him the only original Ranger to have the same first name as his Power Rangers character. <laughs> just go with it just, I mean yes I've got, I've got some oh good <laughs> you've got backup a little bit here although they were portraying high school students Austin St. John or Jason St. John um, was the only one still of high school age when the show debuted really he was 18 he looked older they the all others. looked old as shit man <laughs> um, and finally Jason Lee Scott and Adam Park, played by Johnny Young Bush, are to date the only Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to still use their original Power Morphers in the other Power Rangers series after Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So I'm talking the characters, when they appear. But that might change with that new Power Rangers show, which I've already forgotten the name of. Beast Morphers. Mm. I think... Because you take, like, when Tommy <laughs> appears, he uses, like... A new one. I don't know. His dino one or something. No, 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 no. Maybe okay. that trivia is not even the correct. Anna v- no, uh, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe up until a point. Maybe he uses the power coin in a new morpher. Tommy Oliver, <laughs> he has a master morpher. Right? What the f- is that? I will tell you. A master morpher... <laughs> I'm loving this. ...can hold... <laughs> We've got super nerdy. I mean, we're always nerdy, but I think we're taking it to another level. A master morpher can hold multiple power coins. So in the anniversary special that came out, Tommy Oliver, it would morph into Zeo. He'd morph into the Dragonzord power, so he'd have the green. Yeah. And then he'd morph again, and he's the White Ranger... It was bloody exciting. My God. Master Morpher. And I think Tommy is the only ranger to have one. Wow. We've gone full nerd. Thanks for that. I'm going to blame you. And because of that, that will have to be it for our movie show. (laughs) (laughs) Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film's Due Podcast. And all of our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsdewpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Spider-Man Far From Home. Sounds Like Comics did a recent episode looking at Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. And Rewind and Review went back to 1994 to review The Lion King. And stay tuned for our upcoming review of the photorealistic computer animated live action remake. Is that live action? I don't even know, man. Get into it. (laughs) We're talking about The Lion King. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon.